everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Oh, man, you look so good today. Thanks for being here. What a beautiful, beautiful weekend it is. And uh, we got started last week in the book called Jude. And some people we acknowledged were kind of surprised to find that long before the Beatles song, there was a book in the Bible, a letter written by, we learned last week about some of the family history and that this historically is believed to have been written by the half brother of Jesus himself. Jude. And so uh, it's really easy to find. And if you brought a Bible today, uh, and I would even encourage you uh, to, if you want to look it up on your phone, we're going to have everything on the screen, but it's always really helpful to be able to see it yourself in context. And Jude is really easy to find. You just go all the way to the very back of your Bible, to the book of Revelation. And right before Revelation, Jude is just one single page, just 25 verses only one chapter found before Revelation. And while you're finding that, uh, in in just a few minutes, we're going to get into this and we're going to go line by line by line, kind of verse by verse teaching. And uh, so I wanted to kind of get rooted here instead of wandering all over the place today. So I just, I've kind of got a stool so we can sit down and study the Bible together and just have kind of a Bible chat. But while you're finding that, I want to tell you about back in the summer of 2007. Back in the summer of 2007, Tracy and I had, and our family, we had been living in Michigan for the previous 12 years. Now, when we moved there, we were straight out of university. We didn't have any family, no connections in Michigan before we moved there, but uh, we grew to love it in the 12 years that we were there. And we thought we were going to be there forever. And back in the summer of 2007, we got a call from a church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, asking if we would consider to come way, way down south, almost as far as the Gulf of Mexico, way down south, uh, to, to be the pastor at this, at this church. And so at first we thought, no way, no way, no way. Just like when we got a call about a place called Moncton, New Brunswick, we were like, oh no, no, no. There's no way that God would want us to do this. And so, uh, but over a matter of weeks, as we prayed about it, we had said no, as we often do to other opportunities again and again. But, but there was just, there was something where we sensed that this is what God wanted us to do. And, and we were really nervous about it because we sensed that we were supposed to do this before Tracy had even, ever even seen the town. And so, uh, so we got on a plane to fly down and for Tracy to really see this city that we were going to move to for the very first time. And we weren't just going to check it out. Like we were going to buy a house. And so I was really nervous, hoping that she's going to like it, right? Like there's a lot riding on this. And so we get on the plane, we fly down to Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, a board member from the church, one of the church board members named Mike, Mike Chambers came to pick us up in his car. And so 
we get in the car at the airport. I sit up in the front seat with, uh, with Mike in the driver's seat. I'm sitting in the passenger seat beside him. And Tracy and our son, Seth, who was seven years old at the time, sat in the back seat. I thought you might want to see a picture of what, what, what it was like back in the day. And, uh, and our old dog, Riley, who we miss so very much. And so, uh, aren't they cute? Okay. And so, uh, so, so we get in the car and Mike says, well, it's, it's time for lunch. What would you like to eat? And I said, well, Mike, what do you suggest? And he said, well, if you're going to be in Alabama, we need to have some barbecue. And, and in the South barbecue does not mean hamburgers and hot dogs. Barbecue means meat that has been smoked for like 12, 14 hours, you know, fall off the bone ribs and, 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 and pork. And, and so I uh, said, that sounds great. So, so off we go for Tracy to see this city that we're going to move to really for the very first time. And so, so we, we were on the highway headed into town on the big four lane highway. And we see a sign that says McFarland Boulevard. And that's the main drive through town, the big four lane Boulevard right through the city. And so, uh, so we, we pull off onto this exit ramp. And as soon as we do, we can see down at the bottom of the exit ramp down on the main Boulevard, there is a police car with his lights flashing. And, 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 and he has a pickup truck pulled over. And so I'm like, well, this, this is about right. Policeman pulling over a pickup truck. Sounds like Alabama. Okay, we're, we're home. But, but the officer has pulled the guy out of the pickup truck and has the guy standing by the police car with his hands behind his back in handcuffs. And as we, as we get closer, as we start to come down the exit ramp, all of a sudden, Mike, who's driving, his eyes get really big and he says, whoa. And I'm like, what? And he says, I, I, I don't think that guy has any pants on. And, and, and sure enough, I did a double take and, and, and he has handcuffs on. He has a t-shirt on. He has tennis shoes on, but you might as well call him Buck because he was naked from the belly down. And so in the back seat, seven-year-old Seth is going. <laughs> like he, he's, he's trying, to, trying to get it. And Tracy's trying to cover his eyes. And he, he's looking all over the place. And, and I turned around. I said, well, well, honey, welcome to your new home. This is the welcome committee. They've come to meet you. And I, I said, Mike, is this a daily occurrence around here? See, he said, Joel, I have never seen this in my entire life. I said, are you sure that guy's not from the church board? I think I recognize him. <laughs> And, and Tracy said, well, if that's what they do when you run a red light, I hate to see when they catch you speeding. And so, so we drive on through town and we finally get to this wonderful barbecue place that he's been telling us about. And I could not believe the name of the sign. Now, let me stop here for a minute. If English is not your first language... If you have moved here from some other part of the world and you're still learning our complicated language and all these, these strange things that people say, uh, even sometimes our francophones kind of wonder, what are you anglophones talking about? This is one of those words that seems very, very strange in English. And I'm not going to explain to you what it means. You're just going to have to ask somebody to know who knows if, if, you, if you don't already. We pull up. And the sign on the front of the restaurant says the name, Full Moon Barbecue. 
If I'm lying, I'm dying. Full moon barbecue. I said, man, we've seen enough moon for today. And so the sign on the door says, no shirt, no shoes, no service. And it needs to be more specific. In Tuscaloosa, you need to say pants as well. And so what's the point of this story? Two things, two things. Number one, don't get caught speeding in Alabama. And number two is sometimes clothes are important. Maybe, maybe most of the time (laughs) clothes are important. Why? Because sometimes clothes are for our own protection. Have you ever gotten into poison ivy before? Poison ivy. I know it's not as common. We do have it in, in Atlantic Canada, but it's not as common. But, uh, but in a lot of places further down south, poison ivy is all throughout the woods and, in, and, and people have to clean it, keep it out of their yards. And, and so one time I was standing and talking to a guy and, uh, and I looked, he had short sleeves on it and his arms just looked horrible with these, these yucky looking sores. And, and, uh, and I asked him, I said, what happened? And he said, well, well, Joel, he said, I got into some, some, uh, poison Ivy. He said, it is toxic stuff. And he said, I went out to, to try to get it out of the trees back out behind the house. And, and, and my wife told me, she said, you better suit up. And so he said, I put on long sleeves and I put on gloves. He said, but apparently even that was not enough because look at what happened. And so last week we saw that Jude tells us that sometimes in the environments in which we live, and even Jude says sometimes in the church, we need to suit up. That sometimes the environment around us can become toxic, like poison ivy. And we need to be clothed and protected so that we don't get infected. And so really quickly from last week, why did, did Jude write this letter? Well, he tells us in verse three and verse four. Let's pick up again in verse three. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, about all the good stuff, he says, but I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to all the saints. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you into the church. He says they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only Savior and the Lord. And then we read on down through into like verse seven, where in verse seven, he talks about about the dangers of sexual immorality. And that's where where we left off last week. Now let's pick up and get into some new stuff. And so Jude next gets specific about what some of these people are doing. Verse eight, this is from the English standard version, this, this verse, yet in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority and blaspheme the glorious ones. Now, We think, 
so often. Well, surely it is easy to tell as soon as you meet somebody, it's easy to tell who the toxic ones are, right? But Jude says, no, 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 no. Sometimes you don't realize that, that sometimes it's even the people who seem the most spiritual. He says, because they talk about relying on their dreams, how God speaks to them about things and, and they'll come to you and say, oh, God has laid something on my heart and I, I just really need to share it with you. He says, but sometimes, so, no, not, I'm not saying that everybody who does that is toxic, but he says that sometimes you come to realize that even though they talk really, really spiritually, he says there are, there are three things that, that many times you'll find that, that these are people who defile the flesh. In other words, they, they, they are not honoring God with the way that they live their lives. They're not honoring God with their bodies. Number two, he says they reject authority. They, they don't want to to submit to spiritual authority. They have a rebellious spirit to undermine leaders. And, and number three, they blaspheme the glorious ones. And, and I don't know exactly what this means. Some translations say uh, celestial beings. It's either talking about like angels or maybe it's talking about the Holy Spirit. But if you look here, the fundamental issue, Jude says, is a problem of respect. He says, we're talking about people who don't respect their bodies and God's creation. They don't respect authority and they don't respect spiritual things. And then skip over to verse 16. In verse 16, he says, these people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. Now, let me, let me stop before we continue through the rest of this chapter. Listen to what, what I'm about to say. Moncton Wesleyan is an amazing church. I'm just going to, I want you to know that right up front that, uh, that I've been to a lot of amazing churches over the years. We have a number of wonderful, amazing churches here in our city. God has blessed us with many great brothers and sisters in Christ uh, across many churches here in this city. But in case you want to know what my thoughts are, and I'm not just saying this because I'm the pastor, I'm saying it because I get to experience it as the pastor, is that this place is amazing. The people are amazing. The leaders are amazing. And if you're looking for a church to, you know, to search for answers in your life about Jesus, let me tell you, this is the kind of place that you're looking for. But you also need to know up front that it's not perfect, right? Like we make mistakes. And, and even more than that, Jude is such an important book because Jude reminds us that it doesn't matter how amazing a church is. It doesn't matter how amazing certain people are. It doesn't matter how wonderful we are as Christians that even the best of us at times can become toxic. 
And so that's what he talks about in the coming verses. And in the next part of this letter, Jude says, here's how we need to protect ourselves from toxicity and also from becoming toxic ourselves. Are you ready? Number one, he says, don't be surprised when the air turns toxic. Look at Jude verse 17 and into verse 18. He says, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. And, and it's disappointing, isn't it? I mean, it's disappointing a lot of times when we, when we, 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 we get into a place, we get into a group of friends, we get into a small group, we get into an environment where we think everything is wonderful. And then all of a sudden we begin to realize that, that maybe people don't have such great attitudes all the time. And, 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 and here's the reality. We can't control, hardly any church can control who comes through the doors, right? We can't control who comes through the doors. Now we can control who ends up in leadership and that we have to be really, really careful about. But Jude says, even in the best of environments, you will find that there are people who are scoffers, and who do all kinds of ungodly things. But he says, even still, number two, stay united in the common cause of Christ. He says, the problem is, Jude 19, that these are the people who divide you. He says, I'm talking about people who try to bring division in the church. They start to, they, they start fights. They, they, they talk bad about other people and, and, and start tearing stuff down. And Jude says, don't let, let them instead of, of criticism, return to them words of kindness, return their negativity with words of hope, return their gossip with words of encouragement, return their anger with gentleness, return their divisiveness with a heart of unity within the church. And Jude says, because remember, don't think you are immune from these tendencies. You see, verse 19, again, he continues, these are the people who divide you, who do what? Who follow mere natural instincts. Everybody say that with me. Who follow mere natural instincts. Now let's get really technical and theological for a minute. We're going to get back into the original Greek language and do all kinds of deep word study here. Are you ready? Okay. So what does it mean to follow mere natural instincts? Natural instincts, it means the instincts that come naturally to us. Okay, maybe it's not so technical. Maybe it's actually really simple. What is he saying? Jude says, all you have to do to start messing things up is to act in the way that comes naturally to you. See, I never once had to teach anybody how to be selfish. I've never had to have someone else teach me how to be selfish, right? I never had my mother come down. We having problems with the mic. Okay, we'll try this. Yep. Do you want to take it? There we go. Okay. Thank you, Shane. 
And so, uh, hard to concentrate when somebody's got you by a cord on the, on the back here. Anybody listening on the podcast here, we just switched, uh, switched microphones. You want me to keep this? Or are we good? Should we good? One, two, one, two. Hey, we're back. Everybody, thanks, Shane. Thanks, Shane. Okay. And so, uh, where did we leave off? Oh, natural instincts. What are natural instincts? They're instincts that come what? Natural to us. And so, uh, when, when I was a kid, like, I don't remember my, my mother ever asking me to come downstairs and say, Joel, today I'm going to teach you how to be selfish. I'm going to teach you how to be mean to your friends. Joel, when I was in school, I never had a teacher who said, I'm going to teach you how to cheat on a test. I never had anybody teach me how to steal other kids' toys because those things are what we believe in the biblical perspective very, very differently from what the world believes. The world, and this explains a lot, a lot of modern moralism in our culture versus in the church. Why are our beliefs so different from the beliefs of our culture today? Because our world today believes that people are born naturally good. That if you feel something, that it's right. That to deny your feelings is to deny your identity and what you were created to be. But the Bible says the exact opposite. In Isaiah 55, it says that that God's ways are not our ways, that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. That many times our natural instincts are the exact opposite of God's ways. And so Jude says, here's what happens in the church. All we have to do for things to start to get toxic is to just start acting in the way that comes naturally to us. But instead of acting in our natural spirit, we need to start living in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, so here's how we do that. He says next, to be strengthened in faith, prayer, and love. How do we avoid becoming toxic? How do we clothe ourselves? Verse 20, he continues, but dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now notice the words that we've highlighted here. He says a couple of things that we need to do. He says, first of all, to build yourselves up in faith. How do you do that? Well, let me tell you one way you don't do it is by spending more time consuming the things of the world rather than the things in his word. You want to wonder why faith is failing why, why churches and Christianity is struggling in a lot of North America? It's not because the gospel is powerless. What's powerless are Christians who are falling away and losing their faith many times because we don't actually even know what's in the word of God. Because we're consuming more of the world than we are of his word. And he says, and pray, pray in the Holy spirit this week in our, in our Thursday at noon prayer meeting, we had very, very small attendance at prayer meeting, which is not uncommon. 
But we had really small attendance this week at, at prayer meeting. We have, we have a Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. and we have a, a Thursday, mor- or Thursday at noon one. And, uh, and I, I, was, I was there this week and we were praying together and then we got into the word, some of the stuff that we felt like God was laying on our heart. We started talking about like these deep biblical concepts as we prayed and, and, and prayer and scripture and conversation and listening to God was all wrapped into it. And I literally, I stopped at a certain point during that prayer meeting on Thursday. And I said, oh, how I wish I could get more people to come to things like this. I said, because if, if only most new or growing Christians who, who have not yet been formed in their faith could sit in around in a room like this and hear the spiritually mature dialogue and hear us wrestle with some of these concepts in God's word and how they apply to our lives. And I'm like, Oh, I just, I, I think that, that people would start growing in their faith like never before if we started taking more seriously, building ourselves up in faith and praying together in the Holy Spirit. And then he says, keep yourselves in love. And then Jude starts talking about mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when you treat somebody better than they deserve. You don't give them the punishment that they deserve. Mercy is what God gives us. When we seek forgiveness in Christ, mercy is that God treats us better than we deserve. And he calls us to do the same with others. And in the next verses, that's what Jude tells us we need to do. He says in number five, find a balance between mercy and caution. These next two verses, I'm telling you, are amazing. Hang with me. Verse 22 and verse 23. Be merciful, he says, to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now, this is really, really interesting. Jude here talks about three different types of people and how to show mercy to them. First of all, he says, be merciful to those who doubt. Maybe, maybe you and your husband are struggling over the issue of biblical finances. Maybe you've been learning about, about honoring God with giving and tithing and, and saving and generosity, and, and you're struggling with that because you're ready to step out in faith and, 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 and believe that God will do miracles in your life. But maybe, maybe your husband is not so sure and is, is not at that point yet. And Jude says, listen, be merciful. For some, faith doesn't come as easy for them as it does for you. Maybe you're in a small group and, and there's this person in your small group who they were raised differently than you. Maybe you grew up in, in, in a strong Christian family and, and, and maybe you have, you know, you have like these, these senses of morals and, and, and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And, and sometimes the things that they'll do and say, you're just like, what is wrong with them? And Jude says, whoa, 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 be merciful. For some, faith does not come as easy for them as it does for you. Maybe, maybe it's your child who's headed off in the wrong direction in their life and they're making bad choices and maybe they've, they've walked away from their faith and you just want to be able to shake them and say, why don't you see? And Jude says, listen, be merciful. For some, faith 
does not come as easy for them as it does for you. And then he talks about people who need an all out rescue mission. He says for others, save them by snatching them from the fire. There are some times when we need to, to not be as quiet and patient. Sometimes we need to jump in and, 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 and deal with some stuff and maybe be bold and blunt to snatch people from the fire. But then Jude mentions this third group that we would say are kind of the toxic group. And Jude says to others, show mercy mixed with fear. Hating even the clothing corrupt, uh, stained by corrupted flesh. What is mer mercy mixed with fear? What does that even mean? To show mercy, but mixed with fear. Why would we show mercy to some people, but also kind of be afraid of them? Jesus is the good shepherd. And guess what? Sometimes sheep bite. And we need to watch out for some people. We need to love them. We need to encourage them. We need to try to be a blessing to them. But Jude says you need to watch out for some people because they are toxic. They are dangerous. They will bite you. Remember that guy that I was talking to who didn't wear enough protective clothing? the clothing conversation. And, and, and I asked him, I said, I've heard that sometimes like when you've gotten into poison ivy, it can be dangerous because even the clothing becomes dangerous. Like that it's hard to get it out and it can infect other people. And, and I said, so what did you do with those, with those clothes when you were done? He said, oh, don't worry. He said, I didn't keep them. I donated them to the Salvation Army. No, 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 I'm kidding. He didn't, he didn't do that. I just made that up. No, do See, Jude says, be cautious with toxic people because even their clothing are reeking with negativity. And, and sometimes you have to, to, to protect others from the damage that they'll do or protect yourself. And, and so this is about setting up healthy boundaries. And so our small groups this week and our small group discussion guide, we're gonna talk about how to set up healthy boundaries with the toxic people in our life. But Jude says, even as we set up those, those healthy boundary with people, those, those boundaries, that we still need to be merciful because we serve a God who is in the life-changing business and we don't want to just write them off because we want to believe that God can even change their heart even still. And so when it comes to dealing with toxic people, some of us reach for the wrong equipment. So I, I, I brought my gym bag with me today with just a couple of examples because sometimes when the environment gets toxic, what, what we'll do sometimes is, is grab the running shoes, right? Like some Christians, as soon as things get messy, we run away. And so what'll, what'll often happen is, you know, it, when, when things start to, to become a little uncomfortable or when our feelings get hurt a little bit, or we come across one or two of toxic people in our lives, instead of pressing through and trying to to, 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 to bring reconciliation and, 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 and all the things that Jude talks about. And I'm not saying that there are times that we need to make a change and, and move away. We should, there are those times. But I think sometimes we run far too soon. 
But then there, there, are other, there are other times that what people reach for are the boxing gloves, right? Like, like these are, these are we're going we're gonna to bust some heads for Jesus, man. And you know these people, in fact, these are the people who are the most popular on the internet, right? I find pastors who are like boxers, you know, and always complaining about everybody and criticizing other churches and all, like, oh, the dirt. Like, people really like this in our culture today because we live in a boxing culture where it's all about fighting and lines of division and, and beat people up who disagree agree with us. And that is how so many Christians feel like we've been called to deal with toxicity. But I don't think that's what Jude says. He says, yes, we need to be afraid of what they can do, but to be merciful, to be merciful. And so listen, instead of running away and instead of the boxing gloves, instead of combat, Jude says what we need, what we need is to get into the truth of God's word. And he says, listen, and don't be surprised when the air turns toxic. Whatever you do, he says, stay united in the cause of Christ. And don't think that you are immune. This can happen to the best of churches. This can happen to the best of people. Because all that we have to do to get toxic is to follow our own natural instincts. And he says, so whatever you do, you need to daily be building yourself up in, in faith. And in prayer, learning how to pray in the spirit and keep yourselves in God's love, to respond with love. And in the midst of it all, find a balance between mercy and caution. And so I, I'm going to go ahead and ask you right now, as we get ready to draw this to a close, would you stand with me? And, and and we're going to pray together. And then in just a few minutes, after I pray for you, we're going to, to look again at that blessing that Jude finishes, the last two lines. What he says next is he, he declares a blessing over you and over me. But first, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to pray, pray wisdom for each and every person here in this room today and with us online because all of us right now can think of situations that we've been through where these, these principles apply. And maybe right now there are some who are really, really struggling because right now they have on their mind specific people, specific situations. And Lord, I pray that you would give each of us wisdom as we learn how to set healthy boundaries with the people who, who sometimes bring toxicity into our lives. Where to draw those lines in the sand? Lord, we need your wisdom for that. And so, as we prepare our hearts to worship you, God, and declare that you are the source of all that we need, 
I speak this blessing, this 2,000 year old blessing from Jude, who says to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.